How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So we're talking about three players who need, not just need, they have to bounce back in 2024 uh, for this Yankee team. Now, I do believe... Um, that right now the Yankees have a pretty solid roster on paper. You know, offensively you got Juan Soto, Aaron Judge. That's pretty much all you freaking need to build an elite offense. But imagine if Giancarlo Stanton bounced back and offered this Yankee team the best version of himself in 2024. I think we'd be pretty damn happy. Not to mention all the other pieces returning and getting a little bit healthier, notably guys like Anthony Rizzo, who, you know, should be ready to go at full strength uh, come spring training. And then on the pitching side, the rotation is certainly a question. We go out and get Marcus Stroman, who's solid, but, you know, he's not Yamamoto. But, you know, you have Carlos Rodon, who's supposed to be that number two. He's the big guy. You know, he's lost a lot of weight. I don't know if you go, if you saw that picture of him recently, but he's thinned out. Like, clearly that's a good thing, in my opinion, uh, based on the simple fact that less weight will, should probably put less pressure on his lower back, which is, you know, obviously is a chronic back injury at this point. Um, the hamstring injury late in the year, I think that him being a little bit lighter should benefit um, him if he can keep his muscle mass at a, at a similar side, uh, kind of similar level. He shouldn't lose any velocity. So I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to bounce back and have a decent season, or at least, you know, much better than what he did last season. And of course, you have another pitcher, Nestor Cortez. We're going to talk about a couple of these guys. Obviously, the requirement for them is to be great. And if they are great, this Yankee team is going to benefit quite significantly. But what are we really expecting from them? Before we dive into it, Ryan, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, first and foremost, when looking at the New York Yankees for 2024, and I tweeted this out, I'm like, look, if the Yankees don't have two of their best hitters go out with, like, freakish injuries, like, assuming Aaron Judge doesn't crash into another concrete wall and, you know, uh, you know Juan Soto or another impact batter on this team, like a Gleyber Torres, doesn't have a concussion because they collided with a 6'3", just absolutely freak athlete, then they should be fine, right? Like, in terms of playoff contention, they should be able to get into the postseason. And I see a lot of people say, yeah, they're playoff contenders, but are they World Series contenders? Well, if you make the postseason in Major League Baseball, you are a World Series contender, right? Like, the Arizona Diamondbacks just, you know, lost to the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Neither team won their division. Neither team, I think, finished either in top two in their uh, league and wins. Um, or, or even top three. I think the Ray, it was the Orioles, the, Ash, the Rays, and the Astros were top three in wins in the AL. And the NL, I think it was the uh, Braves... Dodgers and maybe the Brewers um, or, or maybe it was like one of those NL East teams but point is your postseason your ability to compete in the postseason you know maybe that's dependent on a couple of things like how good is the top of your rotation you know how good is the middle of your lineup whatever it may be but you just need to get into the dance and the Yankees need a lot of as you mentioned they need a lot of guys to bounce back and I'd argue the most important guy is Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon gives the Yankees that number two starter, that that unbelievable talent, that that guy that can co-ace with Garrett Cole and anchor any rotation. We've seen what he's capable of. You know, we've seen the ability for him to go out there and just strike out a bunch of batters. In 2021 and 2022, he was arguably the second or third best pitcher in baseball in terms of, uh, and, and that's because of his strikeout rate, his run prevention, his FIP, all that stuff. Now, is he going to give us 180 innings? I'm going to say no. Like, I'm going to pretty confidently be pretty confident saying he's not going to give us 180 innings next year. But I do believe he can give you, you know, around 160 to 170 really good innings. The stuff is still really good. The issue is the command. That's a product of injuries. When you're not, you know, healthy all the time, you can't get a consistent feel of your pitch repertoire. Um, and, you know, I, I think the Yankees could potentially, you know, look at him as a guy who could benefit from adding a cutter. I've always viewed Carlos Rodon as an elite pitcher, uh, and I've always viewed him as somebody who, you know, can help this team. But 
let's be real here, two pitch pitchers, and, and this isn't some, you know, anecdote, this isn't, you know, just an old trope from 20 years ago, this is statistically proven, two pitch pitchers are not only more prone to blowups, they're more prone to getting rocked second and turn t- third time through the order, and if we talk about what Carlos Rodon's season was last year, it was very volatile, he would strike out like 10 guys in five innings against the Red Sox, and they give up like nine runs in an inning to the fucking Kansas City Royals, like no disrespect to the Royals, but they're terrible, it's an AL Central team, they're awful, you know what I mean, um, so, you know, Rodon needs to find more consistency. I think having a cutter would just be a third pitch he can go to. Cutters typically uh, get better uh, damage prevention than forcing fastballs. Um, and so that would help him too because he doesn't have to always give up loud contact. Um, and if you think about it, like what what was the pitch that unlocked Nestor's profile? A cutter. If you look at how Garrett Cole kind of rebounded last year, um, you could attribute it to the increased usage of his cutter. His cutter, he finally found that pitch and it worked for him. I think the Yankees are going to try to push to give Carlton on a cutter. Another example I want to use is Jameson Tyon. I remember he started throwing a cutter in 2022 and it's like he was elite that year, but he was an above average run preventer and he gave the Yankees 32 starts and he pitched a pretty good game one of the ALCS. So can't be upset with the production you got from him that year. I think adding a cutter to Carlos Rodon's repertoire, it's something that makes sense just given the way he releases the ball, but I'm going to be completely honest with you, Alex, this team goes as far as Carlos Rodon goes. There's a lot of pressure on him and it's, it's, it's deserved because he's going to be here for four years after this one. And if he's bad this year, It'll be the most miserable four years of his playoff career. I was supposed uh, major league. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yankee fans will certainly let him hear it, and I know we will be heavily criticizing if he does not bounce back. But I'll tell you what, Carlos Rodon, and I think you know there is something to be said about the two previous years he had before he signed this extension with the White Sox and, of course, the Dodge, or rather the uh, Giants. You know those two teams. He was excellent. You know, sub three ERAs. You know, pitched a lot of innings. This is a a pitcher who we know can be great. We know he's capable of being fantastic. I think last year, what I'm hoping is that it's an anomaly, right? We're hoping that last year was an anomaly. Cutting some weight um, gives him a little bit more stamina, you know, helps reduce the injury probability. They're clearly, and for what it's worth, I'm noticing, I don't know if you've noticed this, but they're clearly introducing a new strategy with some of these players. Stanton's the same way. He's cut a ton of weight. Um, I wonder if that's something they rolled across the board to guys that were injury prone last season to Stanton, Rodon, you know, maybe Nestor Cortez even comes back a little thinner. I haven't seen a picture of him in a minute. Uh, But look, the, the truth is, is like, I think that, these guys were having a lot of lower body injuries. Of course, you have you know the lower back injury uh, to to Rodon. I don't know if you if that's considered lower body, but I think the back you know is connected to the legs, putting a little bit too much weight on the lumbar. Um, I do think that you know when it comes to Stanton, most of his injuries are hamstring, you know, knees, ankle. You know, it's a lot of lower body calf injuries. They, you know, taking some weight off the top uh, off the top um, of them should actually benefit their lower bodies and help, you know, uh, avoid those significant issues where it's really impacted their performance. But like, look, Rodon is the linchpin to this rotation, in my opinion. If Rodon fails, this rotation is going to struggle and the Yankees are going to have to make a really risky gamble on acquiring a pitcher at the deadline in the summer. I think they should they probably will make an acquisition anyway if they're in a place to compete for a World Series. But if Rodon struggles, they're going to have to make a really annoyingly tough decision where they just overpay for somebody because they have no choice. Because they're not look, I don't think the Yankees are going to are just going to forfeit the 2024 season just cuz Rodon's having a bad year. They're going to still try and compete with Soto depending on how good the team is offensively. Um but you know, you look at what he means to this rotation, the Yankees need that number two to be solidified. They need Garrett Cole and Rodon to be stars. Um, We know Cole is. Rodon's a big question mark right now, but like, I don't think 
Clark Schmidt's going to be a number two. I don't think Marcus Stroman's a number two. I don't think Nestor Cortez is going to be a number two. Those are all like three to five guys. You know what I mean? Um, so Rodon has to be the number two. He has to be. Like, And I know that's a lot of pressure for him, but he came to New York for a reason, man. You don't come to the Yankees and expect to get away with not you know, living up to expectation. You don't come to New York if you don't want the spotlight. You come to New York because you want to freaking play in the brightest lights in the Bronx on the, on the biggest stage in baseball. That's why you come to New York. That's why Stroman took less money to come here. You know, if you don't want that bright light, if you don't want that biggest stage, you don't belong here. Um, and that's unfortunately the reality for a lot of players that do come here. The Yankees traded for some of those guys that couldn't handle it. You know, notably Joey Gallo could not handle the spotlight. Um, and I think that's something the Yankees have to consider when they acquire players. Can those guys actually live up to the hype? Can they answer the call? And Rodon got frustrated last year. I mean, he had a couple run-ins with Matt Blake on the mound. You know, he, he flipped off Yankee fans. Like, that's not how you react to bad performance. You know, he put himself in the doghouse in this scenario, and the Yankees need him to stay out of that. Winning cures all. And for Rodon, if he puts together a good season, he'll be the most loved player in New York. And, like, that's the reality of being a Yankee player. Like, if you are great, you will be treated as that. You'll be treated like a king. If you are not good, you will be booed into oblivion. Um, you know, that's unfortunately kind of the reality of, of this market. But, you know, moving on to Stanton... Stanton, in my opinion, is the difference between the Yankees being elite and good. You know what I mean? I think Stanton will start the season as a cleanup hitter. I don't know what you think about that. I think that the Yankees are going to give him that role because, you know, they still think he can be that good. But Stanton losing some weight should improve his bat speed. It should improve his reaction timing. And obviously, I think a little bit um, that power, I still, I don't think it goes anywhere. I think he still has more power than, you know, he needs to get the ball over the fence on uh, a line drive, as we've seen. But, you know, Stanton has seen a reduction in bat speed. His whiff, his whiff rates are up. You know, his contact hasn't been as good. You know, his, his hard hit percentages are still solid. His slugging percentages are still good, but he's just not making as much great contact. Um, what do you think has to happen here? How confident are you that Stanton can bounce back? back and offer this team, you know, even even a 120 WRC plus like that, that for Stanton is you could say low, um, you know, he was a below average player this past season. Are you confident you can turn it around? Or are you still leaving out a lot of, you know, caution because of what he, we've seen from him in the past two years? Yeah, so I'm going to sit here and, and, and make it very apparent. The New York Yankees cannot, um, you know, waste time trying to give Stanton reps if it's not working at a certain point. If it's June and his WRC plus is like 100, he is not a good enough defender and he's not a good enough base runner to keep playing him. You're going to be getting Dominguez back at some point in like July or August. I'm not saying you force Dominguez back into action. I'm just saying he, he could be around by, back by then. You have Trent Grisham, who's an excellent defensive center fielder and could take the pressure off of Aaron Judge to play center field every day. Um, obviously, you have Verdugo in left field. He can anchor that down. You can put Judge in right and split him and Soto there in right field. You can let Soto DH, we can let Judge DH, more, whatever it may be. The Yankees have enough talent to stop playing John Carlos Stanton if he becomes a liability. But with that being said, John Carlos Stanton does deserve the beginning of the season to get those opportunities to get better. Now, I did say I felt like 2023 should have been viewed as the, okay, Stanton, what's going on? Let's rebound this year kind of year. Um, but I do understand that things probably got away from him, right? Like this is his first, last year was his first time, and again, not in his major league career, not just in his professional career. But in his entire life, most likely, that he was bad at baseball. Like, I, I know I've talked about this before, but that is a that is just a mind shift. That is a, that is a mind you-know-what, right? Like, this is a guy who is, you know, he's entering his age 34 season, I believe. Like, think about that. For 34 years of your life, you have been, I mean, otherworldly at this. You've been, you know, one of, like, in the 99th percentile amongst all people on planet Earth at this one specific skill. 
and suddenly you, you take a huge step back. Now, I'm not saying that say you should, you know, that we all have to like sit down and cry for John Carlos Stanton, whatever it may be, but I am saying that there is a mental component to baseball and how one reacts to struggles can vary, right? Especially when the team isn't doing well. Like I imagine struggling on a good team is, is a little less stressful because you have the guys behind you to pick you up and you, you kind of have time to experiment. And as, as long as you guys win the World Series, who cares what your season WRC Plus was? Um, but at the same time, like Stanton, the Yankees were bad and Stanton was struggling and it felt like as Stanton kept struggling, the team kept getting worse and Judge wasn't there and he's supposed to be the guy who carries when Judge is out. It was a myriad of just not good. Um, and, and this year, look, if he's able to go out there, as you mentioned, put up a 120 WRC plus, that's huge for this offense because he's not he's not the second best hitter on this team. And, and nobody else other than Judge and Soto are going to be expected to be the one and two hitters on this team in terms of uh, WRC plus and where they rank on those leaderboards. We have Rizzo who could bounce back this year. Glaber obviously had a really nice year last year. I hope the Yankees hold on to him. I, I hope they don't trade him uh, given their offensive struggles from last year. Stan could be the fourth best hitter on this team uh, and it's a good outcome, right? And, and you have a deep lineup. Um, the Really the big thing for the Yankees is for their, the rest of their lineup outside of Judge and Soto to be solid, right? Like, I think the 2022 Yankees had like a 105 WRC plus when you subtract Aaron Judge, and they finished like second and run scored. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, that team didn't score in the postseason, and that's because of this, this, and that. No, and I'm going to be brutally honest. It's because Aaron Judge didn't show up in October. It's because Aaron Judge had a sub-100 WRC plus in the postseason. I love Aaron Judge. That's my guy. But the Houston Astros made him their bitch, right? And he they've made him their bitch every single time we play them. So if he's not going to play well against the Astros, we could have nine, we could have Ken Griffey Jr. hitting sec third. We could have Mike Trout hitting fourth and we could have, uh, you know, Babe Ruth come out of the grave and hits fifth for us. It doesn't matter, right? Like we need Judge and Soto to be the, the guys on the regular season in the postseason and for the rest of the guys to just be solid around them to just occasionally come up with a big hit or just get on base or whatever it may be. You don't, you're never going to see a lineup run out nine MVPs or nine Hall of Famers. That just doesn't happen, right? I mean, you look at the Texas Rangers, right? It's anchored by like once once you think about the elite elite hitters, not elite players, just elite hitters, it's Corey Seager. And then it's like Odell's Garcia was around a 130 WRC plus hitter. Marcus Simeon was around a 120 WRC plus hitter. Right? Like very quickly you go from all right, it's not just a group of 150 WRC plus hitters. It's one guy in Corey Seager who's elite, and then a lot of really solid hitting around them. And that's kind of the mentality and the philosophy the Yankees should have. Look at the Diamondbacks. They had they had, they had the same team WRC Plus as the Yankees last year, right? They got hot at the right time. They had a lot of young players step up and get better throughout the year. You just need to have a superstar and anchor that superstar around great talent. And fortunately for the Yankees, Alex, they have two of them. A right-handed one and a left-handed one. They don't just have one. They have two. As Brian Cashman put it, they have two eights, two 80-grade guys, two guys that a pitcher looks like looks at on the lineup and goes, ah, shit, man. You know, like that type of guy. Like, you know, they, they let out a deep breath and they're like, fuck, like I really got to face both of these guys. That's what you've created in this tandem. That's what we've been just slamming the desk about wanting for Aaron Judge and wanting for this team. We have that now. You just need everybody else to be okay. We just need to hope that guys don't get concussions and don't crash into walls. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, everything that could go wrong kind of did last year. So it's not that I'm not prepared for it to happen again, but you just kind of hope it doesn't. Stan just needs to be good enough. And Glaber just needs to be good enough. And Rizzo, just good enough. And for the pitching side of things, it reflects the same. You have Garrett Cole. Whenever a team faces Garrett Cole, they're going to be at a pitching disadvantage. The Yankees are always going to have the pitching advantage when they have Garrett Cole on the mound. And that's not even talking about the fact that they had the best bullpen in baseball last year in terms of ERA. So again, you have your superstars. Now it's just a matter of making sure everybody around them is good enough. I mean, man, I if, if Stanton carries his weight, I am so freaking excited to watch Judge Soto and Stanton hit back to back to back. 
I, I really, I don't think we'll have seen this in a long time, man. I mean, this is the this is the best top half of the Yankee order we've seen in a decade, and like this is um, setting up the stage for for what could be something special long term. You know, looking at the bottom half of the order, I mean, you have Rizzo at five, you have. Glaber at six, conceivably. You have Austin Wells down there. You have Anthony Volpe, who should take a big step forward. And you got Verdugo down there, too. I mean, Verdugo's significantly better offensively than Harrison Bader. Volpe should be a lot better offensively than he was as a rookie. Austin Wells, you know, given he plays a lot of games, is going to be our best offensive catcher that we've had in a long time. Like, since Gary Sanchez in his prime, um, well, you know, during his good years. I, I think this could be something special, man. And, of course, you got DJ LeMahieu, number one, who... You know, great on-base guy, was really good post-All-Star break. I think he figured it out. He really was getting back into his groove. This is this could be a special batting order if Stanton steps it up. And, you know, he could he could be the key to getting this unit to an elite level. Um, but let's talk about the last guy here, Nestor Cortez, and the, the impact he could have. Look, we saw what Nestor Cortez could be. We saw what he could be as an All-Star uh, two years ago. The left rotator cuff strain significantly hampered him last year. He should be ready to go and 100% healthy next off se- or this upcoming season. Um, but Cortez is a really fun, exciting, and funky pitcher, right? Like, we all love him. He's a fan favorite. Nestor Cortez, when he is performing well, the entire team tends to rally around him. The entire team tends to f- feed off of that energy, those fun vibes. Um, the Yankees build days after him with his, you know, the Mario concept. You know, everything about him is just so fun and brings so much love to the game. I think the team also feels that too. Cortez at the top of his game is a really great player, a guy that's really, really affordable. And the Yankees have an opportunity um, to get him back onto, you know, his best self, his best version. Cortez, the left rotator cuff strain, that really does concern me because, you know, it is his throwing arm and it is a bit, you know, problematic long term. I I don't know if that's going to be a recurring injury. It was last season. They had to shut him down prematurely. But if we even see a semblance of his all-star self, the Yankees are going to be really solid. Like, he was a number two arm. He was a number two pitcher for the Yankees in 2022. That's how good he was. Um, but I'm not altogether confident he's going to run that back. He's only had a campaign like that once in his career. You know, what are you thinking about Cortez? What are you expecting from him? I'm a bit, like, on the fence. I don't want to say that we're going to see that version of him, but we know it's there. At least we know he can do it. It's just a matter of actually being consistent and staying healthy. Um, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on in projecting if he can stay healthy and, you know, the upside there? Where do you think he kind of falls in this rotation? Yeah, so obviously, like, I didn't think that Nestor Cortez was going to deal with a bunch of injuries in 2023. He, he had 158 regular season innings in 2022, um, and he tossed 12 more in the postseason. So total of 170 and a third innings. You kind of think, all right, you know, like, that's a pretty good workload. He should be able to translate well into the into the regular season the year after. And, you know, everything just kind of got worse. The strikeouts went down by a little bit. Walks went up by a little bit. Um, ground ball weight went, ground ball rate went down by a little bit. Fly ball rate went up. Home runs per nine, that skyrocketed. Everything just kind of got worse, right? Like, everything just kind of took a step back, and, and that was a little concerning. Um, you know, I, I do believe that he'll be back to being a solid pitcher next year. Like, his expected ERA was 3.71. If he gives you a 3, you know, if you get a 3.71 ERA out of Nestor Cortez, and you get, you know, I think he's projected for 137 um, innings next year, that's a win. Right? Like, that's a win and a half. I'll take that every day of the week. Um, now, here's the thing about Cortez. Because he's not on, on a contract, you know, or he's on arbitration, but not like on a on a multi-year guaranteed deal. If he were to struggle and you had to like shuttle him back to the bullpen, it wouldn't be like the worst thing in the world because you do, again you don't have a guaranteed contract on him. Um, it doesn't really matter how you use him in terms of you know player value as long as you're getting something out of him. Um, but ultimately, like I I think that he'll end up being you know I, I think he can end up being a solid starter for the Yankees next year. 
he was really good in 2022. There was a lot of reasons he was really good. I know a lot of people uh, attribute it to like, you know, he was fluky. It was, it was just good luck. Like, like, no, he was, he, he legitimately has good stuff. Like his four seam fastball is a unique pitch. Cutter is a unique pitch. Um, you know, sweeper is pretty solid. It's just a matter of getting back to that form. It's a matter of not allowing as much damage contact, getting the command back into form. Um, you know, there were stretches last year where he looked really good, stretches where he didn't look so good, um, especially towards the end. Like, I know he had a really good final start against the Astros, and then he got hurt, and his season was over in August. Um, but I'm not really sure what the fix is outside of just getting healthy. That's kind of how I feel about Rodon, too. It's just like, can you just stay healthy? Can you not, you know, can you avoid getting hurt? Um, you know, through his first, I think, four star two, he looked pretty good. Yeah, 309 ERA. Um, but after that, he just kept getting bombed. Like, he just kept giving up home runs. And that was an issue for him, um, you know, with the Yankees a couple years ago when he first caught year, I think in 2019, he had a home run problem. Um, I'm un- it's unclear whether that'll get fixed or not. Like, I, I can't tell you that he's going to get better because I can't predict different things, but I can tell you that his stuff is still fine. I can tell you that the four-seam velocity is still there. I can tell you that all of the things that made Nesta Cortez good are, are still there. It's just a matter of can he find the, the consistent feel and command of his arsenal so that, you know, next year he puts up bigger numbers. That, that's really it, right? Like, he just needs to perform at an adequate level. I don't need a 244 ERA. I just need above average run prevention and a decent amount of volume. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, Nestor Cortez is obviously one of our favorite players in terms of his moxie and his attitude and everything he brings to the game. You know, he, he really is an attractive player in terms of, you know, bringing in our younger fan base. We really, really love him um, on this team. And of course, when he's playing well, it makes everybody better. So excited to see how he bounces back. But, you know, these three guys, man, they kind of hold the keys. You know, Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon bouncing back big would be tremendous for this rotation. Uh, Stanton, you know, playing well would make the top half of this batting order something to be feared. You know, like opposing pitchers would it would be a gauntlet for them. How do you you get through Soto and you're like, all right, I just worked like a 12 pitch at bat to get to, to get to Aaron Judge. And then you're like, oh my God, freaking Aaron Judge guy has 50 homers already. I, I gotta work through him now. And then you're like, oh my God, Stanton's playing freaking well again. I gotta get through this guy. It just it doesn't get easier. You know what I mean? It just gets more difficult as you get down that. And it, you know, you're already like when you have two guys with like Judge and Soto have plus 40% on base percentages, and you're working walks, you're working the count up. Think about, like, first inning, you know, some of these pitchers are going to be throwing 25 inning, 25 pitches right off the bat. Like, you're going to knock pitchers out by the fifth inning. Think about that, Ryan. And I know, Ryan, you'd probably thought of this many times. Like, if you're an opposing pitcher and you're working through that gauntlet, you're going to be knocked out of games in the fifth inning most times. And then you're working into teams' bullpens. Think about how important that is in the playoffs, how important it is in the postseason to get starting pitchers out early if you can get them out of the out of the game by the fifth inning you then you get into teams bullpens and you're working through their bullpens and you're in a long series think about the advantage that that, that gives you it, it's 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 a strategy and it's something the Yankees are going to try to implement here so I'm definitely excited to see how they go about this obviously always happy to hear your perspectives down below in the YouTube comment section make sure to like and subscribe as always and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode <laughs>